and welcome to Slices, the Deep Dish Swift podcast. Deep Dish Swift is a supreme Swift developer conference being delivered in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd. On this podcast, we're chatting with the organizers and speakers of the conference. We're Kaya Malin, and in this episode, we're joined by Ben Sherman, who is an iOS engineer at Nike, the creator of the Combine Swift course and the NS Screencast, and of course, a speaker at Deep Dish Swift. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you Hi. doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I um, wanted to start out with just hearing a bit more about your background. And uh, let's start with where, you, where you're from and where you currently are. Yeah, I was, uh, I was born in Oregon. And I, uh, that's kind of like where I claim is my, my hometown, <laughs> uh, McMinnville, Oregon. And um, then moved to Texas um, quite a long time ago, like 25. Oh man, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, about 30 years ago now that I'm thinking about it. Jeez, oh, wow. uh, so I've been in Texas a long time, but I still kind of claim Oregon. It's kind of like where my, my heart is. What made you move um, to Texas? Yeah, parents got divorced, family stuff. You know, mm. we had a support system down here and it's, yeah. I and that's kind of what keeps keeps me here today. I mean, Texas is great, but it's really, really hot in the summer. <laughs> Where about in Texas? And Houston. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have you know tons of good food, and we have NASA, and uh, the, the the we have the Houston Rodeo, which I always think is funny because I'm I'm a remote employee, and so when I tell people like, hey, I gotta I gotta go. Um, take off work a little early tomorrow because I'm taking my kids to the rodeo. <laughs> it's like literally the most Texas thing I will ever say. Uh, so uh, maybe uh, like, I don't feel like I know what a rodeo actually is. Like I've seen it. In I don't either. Like... <laughs> uh, so they, you know, they, it's all the cowboy stuff you see people, but it's like in sport. So like people are like riding wild horses mm -hmm. or, or an actual bull and trying to stay on, or they're trying to rope a calf. And like, and so they have all these, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun to watch. The kids love it's it. It's like all those things <laughs> uh, going on at the through. same time, or is it like, no, this is like one event after another. Okay. It's kind of like watching the Olympics where they're like, okay, now we're going to, uh, and there's all these like weird Olympic games you've never thought would ever be a sport. And somebody's <laughs> yeah. dedicated their life to it. And there's somehow announcers who are ex experts in yeah. this. They're yeah. like, well, well, look how the guy just took up his boot and like lifted it up on the other side of the shoulder of the steer there. <laughs> and I'm like, how? it's just a different world. Everybody dresses up like they're a cowboy. <laughs> it's pretty fun. There's a carnival. You can buy uh, like deep fried anything <laughs> like uh, – yeah, but it's fun. And then there's a concert at the end. Oh. Uh, so it was good fun. Cowboy Olympics. Honestly, that's a nice wave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it when yeah. I found out about like the sports that no one ever heard of. That has like a huge, maybe not a huge following, but like a really passionate following. Kind of. We came yeah. across this YouTube channel that streams. Roofball. Roof, roofball. So it's like a yearly <laughs> roofball tournament, which is sort of like okay. a made up sport um, <laughs> but they have like it sounds made yeah, up yeah, it's, but, but, it's a it's, bunch it's, of people in Oregon uh -huh. uh, they as kids they <laughs> had invented this game where it's like you throw a football against the like the chimney of the house and that will give you points and if you catch the ball after you get an extra point and if it and goes around the point, pole you get 10 points uh, sorry 5 points and then if it goes yeah, over the yeah. roof you get minus points minus points but and at some point um 
one of the people that were involved uh, was studying some kind of journalism program at University of Oregon or something. So they, they got access to a whole bunch of professional equipment. So they just started filming it as if it's mm -hmm. a super serious sport. Uh, and the guy that, that did the play-by-play uh, -play is actually now the voice of the uh, Trailblazers, I think, or something. Like he's actually now, <laughs> now an official sport commentator. And yeah, they... It blew up on Reddit recently, and now they actually brought it back and streaming it live. It's, it's kind of fun. That is pretty funny. And in 10 years, this is going to be like on the actual Olympics. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But probably even more niche than, or quite a lot more <laughs> niche than, than a rodeo, I would say. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, but I um, <laughs> we already got away from iOS development. But I wanted to hear. Uh, so <laughs> you, very, you mentioned, okay. assuming you're not a cowboy, you'll probably do something else. <laughs> so, cowboy coding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do what do you do uh, in Texas outside of going to rodeos? Yeah, so I'm. Um, You know, my day job is I'm a lead engineer at uh, Nike. I work on the sneakers iOS app, and so we've got. Um, a really passionate user base um, <laughs> that are into like the sneaker, the whole sneaker culture, mm -hmm. which I was completely new to when I joined the team. Because you only wear cowboy boots, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't own any, but one day maybe. Uh, yeah, and it, it just kind of opened my eyes joining this team. The team is fantastic and the people are awesome there. And um, and then all of a sudden this like sneaker culture started yeah. to like rub off on me and now... I'm like buying sneakers all the time. <laughs> yeah, we have some friends who are super passionate about sneaker drops. Uh, so we've heard a lot of positive people talking about the app you're working on. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Some people are, you know, yeah, Some everybody thinks it's amazing. <laughs> uh, when you have that many users... It's like people talk about it. There's a, like a subreddit where people will talk about the app. And, and so we get all kinds of feedback from social media and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's definitely the biggest, like the highest profile app I've ever worked on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, it's like a double-edged sword. It's awesome when you have like that much impact, but it also means that like if you mess up or if you, know, <laughs> if you don't ship good work or whatever, that you know, people will see it and complain about it. And so, uh, no, I think it's, I think it's a, a really great um, community and, And I really like the the team I'm on mm. and all that. Do you, do you have um, are there lots of people working on the same app with you? So we have nine engineers mm -hmm. on the iOS app, and I think there's probably about the same on the Android side as well. And then there's a backend services team, and and um, yeah, there's like a whole product team and QA, and we're all just mm. one big unit. That's great. So and you mentioned you're you're working uh, remotely, right? Yeah, my team is in New York City, and um, most of us work remotely. But um, but when we get together, like we'll go to New York City usually. And you also started in a streamcast, right? So how did that? How did that? Yeah, so that's to rewind the clock a bit. Um, I um, started out my like professional uh, development career doing like Microsoft.net stuff, mostly in C sharp. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a couple of books for ASP.net MVP back in the day, and. Um, I was a Microsoft MVP at oh, some wow. point, but, uh, and I even have the you know the the glass award that, that they give you. Uh -huh. It's in my closet at the what moment. Did they give but, you the, um, what did they give you the award for? It's a MVP. It's like a community award for like people who are like standout members of the community, cool. people who write books or blog yeah, posts or whatever. Cool. Um, and so, and it was you know a, a nice career, but the 
you know, the projects I would get on were all like boring, enterprisey, oil and gas, you know, but being in Houston, that's like a lot of the yep. stuff that's around. And, um, yeah, it just, it just wasn't that exciting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so then the iPhone comes out and it just like, <laughs> Wow. You know, like I had tried to write an app for Windows Mobile um, back in like 2005 mm-hmm. timeframe. Yeah. And it was, the whole experience was terrible. Like the tools were awful. I'm like, this is, I don't even know how to make it do what I want it to do. And and uh, the, the iPhone came out and it was just like so different than anything that any of us had ever seen. And, and I was like, oh, wow, I need to, uh, I need to buy one. And then when I bought one, I'm like, I need to write an app for this. <laughs> And so I wrote an app for guitar tablature. And, uh, so I had to like, I, I didn't have a Mac, mm-hmm. so I made a Hackintosh. Yep. <laughs> uh, I just happened to have like good hardware that kind of lined up yep. with what the, the recommended stuff for the Hackintoshes mm-hmm. were back then. And then let's see. And then I, um, I still have the book over here somewhere, but it's the, um, uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Coco programming for Mac OS 10 third edition by Aaron Hillegas. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was like the only book yeah. I could find that talked about objective C. Um, back then there was just almost nobody doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the resources were, were few and far between. Uh, I also took the, uh, the Stanford oh, yeah. course. Uh, I think it may have been the first year they offered it online. This was like iTunes. U. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you could download the videos and I, and um, CS one nine three P that's it. Oh. <laughs> and it's just, you know, like I, w- I went from this like um, kind of being in stasis in this Microsoft world where like I could speak at conferences and I was writing books and mm. stuff, but I just wasn't really excited and I felt like I wasn't really growing. And then all of a sudden I'm a beginner again <laughs> and I'm like, give me, give me all the material, all the resources. I'm like a sponge just, uh, just absorbing it all. And it, and it meant going from C sharp was you know, still is a pretty good language. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, memory managed. You don't have to think about pointers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I stopped thinking about pointers. (laughs) Like I, and so when I got to objective C, I was like, like, Oh, uh. maybe I can't do this anymore. I don't know. This seems like kind of hard. And I remember I had a bug uh, on this app that I was building and, and I joined the uh, local uh, Houston iPhone developers group meetup and I, I showed it to somebody and I was like, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. It's just a random crash. And it was one of these things. I had a web view in the app mm-hmm. and I set the delegate so I could know if the loading indicator mm-hmm. needs to be showing mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And so then if you tap on the screen to go to the web view and then tap the back button, the app would crash. Mm-hmm. And I feel like probably a large percentage of the people listening to this, I like already know what the problem <laughs> is that like back then you had to nil out the delegate. Yep in your like view viewed it unload mm-hmm. or or view will disappear so that the web view can't like call you back and tell you yeah. hey this finished loading mm-hmm. and so i was like you know in this beginner mode saying like questioning whether or not i actually had it in me to write an <laughs> app on a brand new platform in a brand new language and this guy looked at it and goes oh there's your problem and he just points right at it he looked at it for maybe 12 seconds <laughs> and so that gave me the confidence of like okay a community is freaking awesome. Yeah. Like I love like interacting with people and I love like when I can be that sort of, uh, uh you know, support for somebody mm-hmm. else. And then also like, this is a problem that like normal humans can solve mm-hmm. and learn. And, and so anyway, so I, I shipped the app and it did well and it made me, it convinced me that I wanted to switch careers to do iPhone development. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, that's awesome. And did you end up shipping the app that you were working on? 
I did. It was a, uh, so I, I play guitar mm -hmm. and I wanted to make an app for guitar tablature. And so for, for, do you know for, 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 listen, for listeners who don't okay. know, <laughs> <laughs> so she, so like traditional music, you would you would have to read sheet music, and I, I learned that in middle school mm -hmm. and promptly forgot it. And for a guitar, sheet music isn't necessarily a um, a direct um, instruction of how to play the thing; it's mm -hmm. just the notes mm -hmm. and the timing. Whereas tablature, it's like oh, this string, this fret. Okay. So it'll be like mm -hmm. three, three, two, five, six, or whatever. I'm like, oh, and then I just kind of arrange my fingers like that, and then it makes it so much easier to like to sort of get the mm -hmm. gist of mm -hmm. uh, of songs and chords and things like that. Uh, tablature is also like a really lossy format. It has nothing about timing or how how to play the thing. It's it doesn't even tell you what finger to use. It just tells you where, where? on the mm -hmm. fretboard. Mm -hmm. And also they're written by, you know, random people. So they may or may not be correct. And so you have to kind of listen. Um, but I, so what I did is I put the tablature in a, um, I started out with a text view and, um, and did like an auto scrolling thing. So you could keep mm -hmm. your hands on the guitar yeah. and, and oh. the, the tablature, and then it would have a, a scrolling speed like adjustment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, and then I think later I moved to, a web view for reasons that I don't remember now, because this is a long time ago. Um, and it was all backed by a SQLite database. Um, I don't know if core data was out then, but I didn't, I looked at it uh, and promptly looked the other way. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it, it did well. It was, I want to say it was three ninety nine, and um, it got featured on Christmas day. So oh, this is 2009, right. Christmas 2009, and it was featured on the App Store, and it was like, couldn't believe it. And back then you had, uh, I want to say it was like 10 days of a dark period for the yeah. iTunes Connect holiday shutdown yeah. or whatever. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I haven't even looked at this in so long. I don't remember how long. Like, is that still a thing? No. They no, down? they don't do it anymore. They say that they have limited capacity, but honestly, okay. I... For us, they, they were actually faster during. Well, we submitted a whole yeah. bunch during their 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 <laughs> slow period. But it seems like, you know, most people don't work during that time, so yeah. our reviews went like in through in fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice tip, actually. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I on Christmas I looked at the the app store to show somebody, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, oh man, <laughs> it's on the front page. Like this is amazing. Um and. So it took me like a week before I found out like how much money that yeah. made. And it was like, that's, that's kind of what like gave me the like, oh, I can actually go buy a Mac now <laughs> and I can like, I feel like maybe I could do this. And so that's and then so cool. luckily I found a job in Houston that needed a .NET developer who mm -hmm. also knew iPhone. And I was like the only person probably on planet <laughs> earth at the time that like, and I happened to be in the same city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how I got started in iOS development. And, and then, um, a couple of years after that, I think in 2010 is when I started NS Screencast to um, to sort of be a uh, a resource for the the community to like. Sometimes you just want to see somebody do a thing, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I I learn really well on video. In fact, all my guitar learning this day these days is on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's my preferred medium, and um, I learned Rails for the server side mm -hmm. of this component. Mm -hmm. Uh, or for this app, uh, it had a Rails, uh, Ruby on Rails backend website and API. And I learned how to do that from watching Railscasts, <laughs> which was a uh, a really awesome resource by Ryan Bates, who uh, just poured all of his expertise and energy into this tool. And it was just like amazing. And I felt like 
all the videos are like 10 minutes long and he's like teaching you little things little by little. And so I would, I would you know, listen to them, uh, on my commute, even though it was video, mm-hmm. it was still mm-hmm. like, kind of like, it's like washing over you, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. and at some point I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember he did this thing where he had to implement OAuth or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so then I'll go back and watch that video. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I feel like, um, th- this is what I like to call a trickle learning mm-hmm. where it's just a regular, uh, you know, the thing that you just watch and some of, some of the things are going to be interesting and some, you know, may not be topical, but they might be useful later. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, so I you know, told my friends, I was like, man, there's somebody should really do this for iOS development. And a f- couple of my friends were like, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> you should be that person. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I bought a microphone and, and I, uh, really struggled through trying to, uh, record content uh, in front of nobody. <laughs> I don't know why, but you just hit record and all of a sudden I'm like, I got stage fright. Yeah. I'm like, hey, there's I, nobody yeah. here. Like, <laughs> I, I would say it's almost worse than stage fright for me. Like I, during the pandemic, I went towards rec- doing a lot of pre-recordings of conference talks. Even though I used to give talks in person, like being in front of a camera on your own, I, like, I felt like that was even, that was harder for me because you, yeah, you're so self-conscious. Weird. Yeah. And now I have like lights and, you know, I mean, you can't see it on the podcast, but I've got lights. I've got this big old fat camera in front of me and a big old microphone in front of my mouth. And this is like my day to day. And (laughs) when I get, when I get on meetings and stuff, people are like, wow, you have a (laughs) nice looking setup. (laughs) So how did you, how would you say you got over that bump from like feeling awkward about it at first to now like embracing it? Yeah. I think that you just have to keep doing it. You know, I got a lot of great feedback um, mm-hmm. early on that helped me realize like, okay, I want to do this. I think I had tried a business prior to launching in a screencast, a, a rails only business. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, it was basically, so you could create like a one pager website mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. app and it would link to the app store and it'd have like the iPhone shell. Cause there was only one iPhone. Mm-hmm. I could just <laughs> have that as like a PNG and plop your screenshot oh. right in there. And so it was like a kind of like a teeny tiny CMS for a one pager landing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just went crickets. Like, you know, mm. it, nobody knew about it. Nobody bought it. And so I was like, okay, but it did teach me how to do subscription billing with Stripe, mm-hmm. which is what nice. led me into the, uh, screencast subscription. So it's, it's kind of like how each thing was a stepping stone for yeah, the next yeah. thing. And, uh, and then just getting over the, the, the sort of stage fright feeling, I guess, um, I still kind of, I mean, I still get it. Like when I go give a conference talk, like spoiler alert, I'll be really nervous. Uh, <laughs> and I have found that like, usually almost never can the audience tell, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you <laughs> as the speaker and, and I'm not just saying me, but like anyone, yeah. uh, may be extremely nervous, yeah. but you get up there and you just do, do your best job and drink a whole lot of water. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be great and nobody will know most likely. So (laughs) no, I agree. I think I I talked to so many speakers at the conferences and I'm like, Oh, I, I, I'm always so nervous. How, how are you doing this? You don't seem nervous at all. And pretty much everyone who I said that to are like, yeah, I'm super nervous beforehand. (laughs) I'm terrified inside. (laughs) That's the thing though. When you're on stage, you feel how you feel. Like you, you know, this feels weird. People that, you know, most people probably didn't study you in and out before and realize Ben looks a little bit more nervous than usual. They're probably just seeing your thing. And it's like, all of that sounds really clever. (laughs) My wife uh, went to a conference in Italy with me one time and she sat in the front row um, and I think that was the first time she'd ever seen me give a talk maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then she was like, oh, yeah, I could tell you were so nervous. Like, but nobody else could. <laughs> um, for NS Screencast, how do you decide what to make a video about? Uh, it's For me, it really has to be something that I am interested in. Mm-hmm. People will ask me to do stuff on like, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of a good topic. Like Firebase is a good mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Like Firebase is very popular. Lots mm-hmm. of people use it. Mm-hmm. I've never personally been drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And so it just, I don't want to give a disingenuous take on, yeah, on yeah. a thing. And so uh, a lot of people were asking me for the watch stuff uh, back when the watch came out. Mm-hmm. And I just like wearing the watch for the watch. I don't, I just never really had a great idea for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I asked a friend to come and record, uh, you know, a few episodes on the watch. And so I've, I've had some guests, you know, speakers mm-hmm. from time to time. Uh, but it's usually just like something that I'm trying to think of, like, what would be unique and valuable and like honest mm-hmm. you know what i mean like an honest view of it most of my videos are practiced but not scripted mm-hmm. yeah so totally. that way i can still make mistakes and and like i will edit out like things that don't add any value but there's so many mistakes that you make <laughs> that are valuable yeah. like that's the yeah. reason why somebody's like oh i see what you did there and what did how did you like or or the, it'd be unrelated to the topic at all and they're like how did you select all that text or yeah. create multiple cursors in xcode yeah. or whatever yeah and yeah so there's always something to learn and and that's why i like the kind of genuine less scripted approach I, um, I also find it very comforting <laughs> when I see someone else making <laughs> stupid mistakes. I did sometimes nice when you see something and you as as the non-involved uh, audience, you look at it, it's like, I see where the bug is. That's kind of nice. Because when yeah. you make your own bugs, you often don't see them for ages. And then mm-hmm. you show someone and yeah. like you had with your delegate, someone points at it immediately. You're like, oh, man, yeah. it's nice to see that that happens too. It's like when I'm everyone. editing the video and I spot the mistake <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, man, it's right there. It's right behind you. <laughs> on the screen and so sometimes i'll have to say i will discover this typo in yeah. like 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> or whatever uh, yeah the, it's always every time you said and then it works in a video you know it will not compile <laughs> <laughs> yeah i found also found that like in the beginning i would be like oh it's video i can just uh, pause the recording and then like fix the problem and then come back and I won't be like pretending that I'm like flawless, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. No, like that's not the point. The point is to not waste the viewer's time because mm-hmm. uh, I really try to stick to the shorter mm-hmm. time frame. It's mm-hmm. it's so much harder on iOS development than it than it seems <laughs> like it would be in web development. Like there's just a lot more things to set up, I mm-hmm. think, uh, and mm-hmm. cover. But anyway, uh, the the thing that I've learned though is that when I do th- sort of non like a non natural cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm then the cadence of my voice will be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I may not be even on the same screen. The like scroll position of Xcode might be slightly different. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it just, it, it's kind of jarring. And then the transition isn't very smooth. And so mm-hmm. then you end up with just a bad cut. And, and yeah. I, I really, really, really don't want to go redo an episode I've already yeah. done <laughs> to fix it. I've had to do that. And it's the worst, yeah. mm-hmm. like your microphone was off or something or. Yeah. There's so much work. Podcast, like audio podcast is relatively easy in comparison. You can, you can get a lot with, can, you can get away with a lot of cheating of cutting things together. Oh, yeah. and no one knows yeah. because there's no audio component and people are so much no more video in a video. Yeah. yeah. There's like yeah. yeah, so when I started doing video plus screen, mm-hmm. uh, so my video, my my uh, voice, and the screen kind of all have to line up. So I can't really do the 
overlapping yeah. or just cut this part out or whatever, because then you'll see my mouth moving and I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Or what, you know. yeah. um, so you're now at 550 episodes. Uh, do you have a favorite yeah. episode or favorite series? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Okay. I'm going to look at my series real quick. <laughs> um, uh, I really liked the, um, the road trip DJ one was fun where I built like a, an app that I think should exist. And I basically wrote the app and, never shipped it <laughs> just recorded uh but basically where like multiple people could uh suggest a song and then like one person's uh, yep. phone is connected to like the car's mm-hmm. audio and i feel like this is something that would be really uh, really great um i also like the um where is it the um, well actually i think it's just a single episode it was a uh, bezier paths and swift mm-hmm. oh. that one was super fun and it was just I never understood how Bezier paths work. And so I go look at the math behind them and you can make some really cool interactive, like Swift UI preview stuff or playgrounds to, to like sort of visualize what's happening for, uh, for Bezier paths. And I think that's a, a fun way to explore like visualizing mm-hmm. math. Mm, that's really cool. That's, that's been a, a fun one. For those, did you, did you set out, I want to learn more about Bezier paths. I will make a video yeah. about it and then you research it and then you record the video. Or it's more it... like I'm just interested in it and in the process of doing that. I'm so I actually just this morning, I'm like reading. Some, I'm a way off the deep end beyond my ability, but I'm like reading <laughs> research papers about how text um, highlighting works for like large files. Mm-hmm. And because um, I, I have a, an example that may turn into an episode at some point or a series, I don't know, of like a kind of a JSON tool where mm-hmm. you see like the outline structure of the JSON document and then you see the highlighted, mm-hmm. like a pretty printed JSON on the on the other side. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I built my own little tokenizer that'll mm-hmm. like, because uh, you can't just use uh, Codable because you like, you're losing all the information mm-hmm. by the time you get the string, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have to like walk the string and say, oh, I'm opening up a brace. <laughs> and, uh, and so then I have this recursive function that knows how to highlight all these things and it's amazing. And then I dropped in a, I think it was only 150 K JSON file and it just beach yeah. my Mac and never finished. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder how this is a terrible algorithm. <laughs> if you can't even handle a 100 K file. And so I start thinking about it. Uh, that was actually like two weeks ago. So I've been sort of noodling on this problem of like, mm-hmm. it obviously people solve this problem. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. And, so I came across a, um, a, a tool that I use actually in Vim all the time called TreeSitter. And TreeSitter was, um, it's basically instead of using regular expressions to, to parse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. extract pieces of text, it sort of understands the grammar mm-hmm. and it can build what looks kind of like an AST, an abstract syntax mm-hmm. tree, but it's mm-hmm. more of like a token tree. And then it can... Um, it can even indicate like, um, like for instance, if you're in the middle of typing, it's not going to be correct in Mm -hmm. the grammar, Mm -hmm. but it can sort of branch off and try different paths Mm -hmm. in the grammar to see which one is the one you want. And so it can actually highlight incorrect code while you're editing. Cool. It's like extremely fast. And so I was reading the research papers that inspired it barely hanging on with the, <laughs> with the, with the research, but this is kind of what I, I get into something like this. And then I, I like, I get really excited about it and hopefully that energy will make it into a video and mm-hmm. it may not, I don't know, but That's we'll cool. see. Yeah. I mean, there are, it is always an interesting benchmark to drop a really large text file into a text editor because some of them are blazing fast and 
but there are also quite a lot of them, even popular ones, that really start to choke at a couple of megs. It seems to be yeah. <laughs> quite a challenging I mean, a problem. Me- a megabyte of text is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah that's my, my benchmark for text editors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious, how do you, um, since you're both working, creating videos and you're also working full-time as a developer, how do you structure a day? Um, poorly. <laughs> um, I try to do the, the screencasting, either research, editing, or actually recording in the mornings. Um, you know, probably three out of the five days of the week. Um, mm. and then sometimes weekends and, um, yeah. And so then I, you know, do a normal work day with, with my, my normal job and, and, yeah, I try to make that work. It it does mean that like when I was consulting, I would have these periods of time like, oh, I've got a month before my next mm-hmm. thing. And that would be my time to like get lost in a side project, which I have a few, uh, you know, products that I, that I work on and, um, or, you know, going through and like fixing a, a bug in the website that's been bothering me for a while or, or whatever it is. Um, and so it gives me more time to do that, that all that time kind of evaporated because now, <laughs> you know, being full-time employed, it's, um, it's really more of a early mornings and weekends thing. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, do you? Um, so, what what else do you do apart from um, iOS? Apart from everything related to development, do you do anything else? Uh, going to rodeos, playing guitar, or any other hobby? <laughs> yeah, so guitar is a big one. I'm I'm in a band, uh, oh, cool. which is super fun. It's like the it's it's the like kind of creative outlet that kind of gets me out of you know being stuck in code in front of a computer all day. Um, and so go play live music and it's a lot of fun. We just play cover, cover music, you know, it's like seventies, eighties and nineties type of, uh, how does that work? Do you work? Like, do you connect with like local bars and go and play there or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's nothing serious, you know, like we've, we've had like probably four, four or five gigs now and there's, a few in the pipeline. So we're probably going to average like one or two gigs a month, which I think is exactly my speed. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And it, it gets a chance to like, it was like a reason to like practice guitar. Cause I'm yeah. kind of like giving a conference talk, like I better brush up on all this stuff <laughs> and, and really learn it, you yeah. know, because I'm about to like deliver in front of a crowd. But is, how, is, how does your stage fright compare when you're, when you're giving, when you're playing a concert compared to like a conference talk? Are they similar? Are they comparable? That's a good question. I think that because there's... Uh, sorry, my dog is <laughs> very excited about something in the background. Also wants to be um, part of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that because there's like a singer that, and I'm just one part of the band, yeah. then it's like, it's not all eyes on one person. Yeah. Um, but there is that stress of like, I, I like to play the, like the guitar solos. Mm-hmm. And yep. so if I mess it up, like, okay, that's, that was my one moment that I shouldn't mess up. But yeah, I get nervous, but it's like a good kind of nervous. Oh. How does it, I'm curious, how does it work if you're playing, I don't know much about the music industry. If you're playing cover bands, like if you're a cover band and playing other music by other artists, do you have to do like work with them? No, I mean, basically it's too small to, okay. for anybody to care, Okay, but. Yeah, I mean, technically, yes, but, <laughs> but like, I mean, we're playing, you know, at, in a backyard, you know, yeah, yeah. beer and hamburger restaurant, you know what I mean? It's yeah. nothing, yeah. Yeah. nothing large scale, <laughs> but yeah, it's still fun. Yeah, no, um, that's, that's, that's interesting. Are you at all interested in writing your own music as well? 
Um, I mean, once upon a time, yeah, I was interested in having done it, but I won't take the time to ever do it. So <laughs> yeah, it hasn't happened yet. I probably know <laughs> it probably will never happen. Uh, oh, that's really cool though. I, I, I love when I hear when there are, when developers are having like another hobby, that's pretty mm-hmm. like separate, pretty different, but I think there's often, um, we often talk to many people who have like a combination with like something that you do with your hands and something that's yeah. Like, it's still baking, baking is that for my for me yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah, it was it was before the pandemic, but like definitely like uh, accelerated because I'm like might as well just bake a bunch of stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I got really into baking, and and there was like a yeast shortage during the pandemic, and yeah. so I I found a lead on like a five pound bag of yeast. I'm like this is gonna <laughs> take me last me twenty years, but you found a lead on. <laughs> one absurd, I got a guy. Yeah, one absurd <laughs> world we're living in. He like opens his trunk <laughs> in an alley. <laughs> um, speaking of baking, uh, Deep Dish Swift. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what are you going to talk about at Deep Dish Swift? Uh, I'm going to talk about modular application architecture. Cool. How, what's the state of your talk? Um, <laughs> this is this is going to be uh increasingly on my schedule in the coming weeks yeah. um i have uh i have material i've delivered before that is kind of the skeleton and i'm like you know updating it and and that sort of thing but yeah i've got to sit down and actually i feel actually like work on we it. should we should start cutting out this question kai for nobody nobody's ready yeah i mean for josh we can just say like yeah we recorded this episode back in march uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, josh we knows i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I mean, this podcast started as a procrastination project for us, so I mean, yeah, we're not going to judge like, you. Just sends us a message asking us what we want to talk about. We're like, can we make a podcast? <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I I'm super super looking forward to the conference, and I'm sure that it will be a super interesting talk. I guess, and mm. you 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 create so much content. I can imagine that you being uh, pretty comfortable. Um, putting it yeah. to make you feel good now <laughs> <laughs> it it it's a different format for sure and i it's live versus like you know so if i if i make mistakes or whatever you can pause and say it again or whatever but live is a different story and you got the pacing has to be right and um but there's also what are the length of the talks are like there's like an hour time slot right uh, so maybe 45 minutes or I, something i i asked actually about the uh, 35 minutes oh okay yeah. I, I once gave a talk at Dot Swift in Paris, and I'm forgetting exactly. I think it was 18 minutes. Oh, wow. Or something like that. It were, or maybe less. Was it supposed to anyway. be 18? Or was no, that- no, no. Yeah. Oh. It was like, that's the hard deadline. And okay. they had these, it was the most professionally produced mm-hmm. uh, conference I'd ever been at. They had like crews of audio and video people oh, everywhere. Oh, wow. And they were. And, so you see uh, the red red countdown counting down your minutes? Yeah, they're like, yeah, you're they're gonna, you know, bring out the bring out the thing and like hook you off the stage if you're if you're not done. And that was really tough. I mm-hmm. I it's it's like you're you want to give this poignant, amazing idea that's gonna inspire people and yeah. you're like, yeah. okay. 
it's so does your natural inclination is like, let me show that I have like all these ideas or yeah. examples of, of this thing, but you have to cut them all out yeah. because you have to like, it was a very difficult uh, exercise. So yeah. Yeah. 35 is, minutes. I like that length. Yeah. This is why I never give lightning talks. Like you look at it, you're like five minutes. I can put a five minute talk together, but it's so yeah. much harder to put something short together. I mean, we yeah. talked about this before the show. We aim for this episode to be like 30 minutes and now it's been 37 already. And I think in general, if you look at the track record, we don't meet that 30 minute, minute cutoff. Yeah. 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 It's, it's difficult. Yeah. But. Just better have mu- pl- play you off the stage music ready. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, the famous quote that has been attributed to every person on the planet. Uh, if I would have had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. <laughs> yes. You know, it is it is really hard to get something into 18 minutes because usually your natural cadence of expressing something that you're excited about is very unlikely to land at a very... If you're excited enough <laughs> about a topic that you want to talk about it, it's very unlikely that you're completely done talking about it after 18 minutes, right? Which just means yeah. now, now you have your, whatever, 40-minute talk and then you have to distill it down into 18 minutes. Yeah. I, I think that was probably about, about the ratio. Like yeah. I had so much content and I was like, most of it is just not even going to be mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> but, but therefore, if someone has a question afterwards, you will have all the, all the answers, all the content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been to Chicago before? I have, yes. So have you had deep dish pizza? I have. It's delicious. Okay. <laughs> I, I am an equal opportunity pizza eater. Like. <laughs> Pizza is just good. I'm sorry. There's like all this pizza drama about pineapple. Go ahead. Put whatever on your pizza if it makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, In Sweden. As long as it's not mushrooms. (laughs) I'm fine. Uh, In Sweden, they have a weird thing. It's a, and Molly, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Nutella and banana pizza. Oh, uh, no, no, no you Nutella? Mix oh, that's sorry. A, I mean, that's the thing you could do. Uh, that's a dessert pizza. But I mean, they do that in crepe form in France. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, you add a little cheese and it's a pizza. I think what you're thinking of, Kai, is just banana pizza, uh, banana and ham pizza. So banana it's and ham, like, yeah, that is. Yeah, so, a similar idea then. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's basically like a, uh, like a Hawaiian pizza, but you use banana <laughs> instead. It's yeah. Weird. That's fine. Yeah, you that's what I'm saying. I may not eat it, but I think it's totally fine. Like, you're not going to judge like, people for it. Yeah. Now, most of my coworkers are in New York City, and so they, you know, we have this conversation a lot. I'm like, pizza is just good. Good pizza is good. There's yeah. a lot of crap pizza out there, but I mean, I would not order pineapple pizza from Domino's, but I wouldn't order any pizza from Domino's. So. Uh, yeah, uh, there is a um, my. The first time I went to Chicago was for a conference and um, a group of people are like, oh, let's go to, um, I, I'm pretty sure it was Portillo's, which is famous for like a hot dog type Chicago hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm in line and somebody asked me and he's like, so you're going to get a dog or a beef? And I was so so confused. <laughs> a dog or a beef? I mean, I got the dog part. Yeah. But. What is a beef? Is the hamburger? No, no. It's a. I've since found this out, and I've made it like a bunch of times at my house now. But it's a, it's just an Italian shaved beef sandwich that you can get uh, uh, dunked in the jus of the the beef jus. Okay. Yeah. And so it can be like half dunked or all the way dunked, and then they can top it with like giardinera, which is, is the, like a is the bread also dunked. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. So some people don't like the wet bread. Yeah. 
type of thing. Okay. But anyway, it is fantastic. So when I got up to the counter and he was like, do you want to be for a dog? I was like, both. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was amazing. And then I brought that back to Houston and now we, I mean, we don't have it all the time, but a couple times a year I'll make a, a, a legit I think I would make Chicago proud because okay. I make my own bread. Oh, wow. I do the beef and and uh, and do yeah, you like I make it my half dunked or full dunked? Uh, I like it half dunked, but then I also have a little ramekin of the jus on the side, so I can dunk myself. Okay, you know, <laughs> make sure I dunk. can control exactly the <laughs> the amount. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing that again. That's fun. All right, cool. All right, I think that brings us to our lightning round. rapid fire we're calling it (laughs) Um, Um, so what is your favorite iOS app um, this is going to be the lightning round that is slow as can be (laughs) uh, because I'm indecisive okay can I give you three (laughs) (laughs) let's do all three okay Uh, geodefense okay from way back in the day it was such a great game I really want them to make it again I don't know what's what happened this, to it. What's this uh, like Ingress? No, no, no. It's like tower defense, yeah. uh, but it had kind of this like eighty synth wave laser like feel to it. Okay, and it was um, it was just fun. I don't know. It was really really good. It was from the Field um, Runners era of a whole bunch of really good tower defense games. Okay. On yeah, I forgot about Field Runners. That was yeah. another good one. Uh, I was really into that genre for yeah, a while. Yeah, me too. And it just fits the phone so well. Mm. Uh, Black Box is another oh, favorite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I learned about that one at a conference, and everybody was like, sh- like giving out clues and hints and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then my most recent thing that I found was uh, Stage Tracks 3, which is super niche, but it's related to uh, backing tracks and lyrics for songs. Mm-hmm. And so I have uh, the, a way to like put backing tracks for the music that I want to play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can just uh, like subtract out the drums or subtract out the guitar so I can play it. And so I use it as a practice tool, but I can also bring it to uh, band practice. So if the, if the bass player can't make it or whatever, then we can always add that back in. And so we can play to a click track and mm-hmm. stay on beat and all that stuff. And um, it's, it's super nice. And it's kind of like the spiritual, like, it's not the successor to like my guitar tabs app, but it has this auto scrolling thing for the lyrics <laughs> mm-hmm. and the way they do the auto scrolling is awesome. It's just so ingenious. You can listen to the song and they basically, um, and this is a iOS, but also on the Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, like if you have an M one Mac, what is, there's like too many technologies that allow you to run iOS stuff on the Mac. <laughs> but this is like the, the, the literal iPad app running on the Mac. Yeah, uh, so it doesn't yeah. feel very at home, but um, but so they they've got a UI text view, and you've got your lyrics in there, and then you've got the song, and you hit the play, and then there's a button on the right that uh, when that part of the song comes up where you, the line you're on mm-hmm. is being sung, you hit the button, it puts this timestamp in there, and then it automatically moves the cursor to the next line, and so you just sit there with your yeah, finger on the yeah. button and listen to the song. You go, okay, next, 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 next. So you're marking yep. the timestamps. And then when you go back to play it, it just, it highlights, it's like karaoke. It highlights the line you're on and it auto scrolls and it's super awesome. Mm, that's cool. Um, so what's your, what's your favorite Mac app then? Um, can I give three again? <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide. Um, go for it. I really like ScreenFlow. 
uh-huh. which I have been using for more than 10 years now, uh, which is pretty amazing. There's, there's now a lot of tools you can use mm-hmm. to record your screen and edit. Um, I, you know, Final Cut and uh, DaVinci Resolve and stuff like that, they're just trying to solve a totally different problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas ScreenFlow's editing tools are just, it's just so basic. It's like the only thing I need. And yep. it just, I'm really fast with it. And yeah, and it's enabled me to, to have a business, you know, yeah. producing yeah. screencasts, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Um, uh, second would be Things. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> I just yep. love this app. Uh, yeah. There was an app that I used before it called the hit list uh, and they got acquired by a company and they kind of let that app languish. But it was, it was just, in fact, when I got my Hackintosh, that was one of the apps I found of like, this is what, a, this is why people like the Mac. It was like <laughs> yeah. this amazing app. It had the skeuomorphic like notepad paper yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fun. And things is, you know, kind of a modern version of, of that app. Um, it's just enough organization to uh, to make help me be productive. Um, and then lastly, I'll say I've been using Craft a lot. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I've tried like Obsidian and Notion, and uh, there's a few others I've tried. Um, but I like Craft. Kind of gives me most of the things that I want. And um, so for like uh, st- structured notes, I'll say yeah. I use Craft. Mm-hmm. Do you use that for uh, when when writing down what you want to go through in the videos and those episodes? Yeah, yeah. So I have a template for um, mm-hmm. for what a new episode looks like, and it will have like a checklist of all the things I need to do to publish it, and um, and then any links that I come across during my research or whatever that I want to cover in the video, I'll drop in there. And then um, sometimes I will go out and I'll sort of write a rough script ahead of time. Um, and that'll include some show notes, mm-hmm. uh, like code snippets and stuff like that. And then I can export that and Markdown and paste it into my uh, my NS Screencast is a Rails app. Mm-hmm. And so I've got in the back end, I can uh, paste in Markdown for the show notes, and mm-hmm. it'll do syntax highlighting of the code and all that. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's a nice tool. It's it's probably the best Catalyst app I've ever used. <laughs> All right, nice, good picks. What What are your f- three favorite iPhone models? <laughs> uh, okay, for this one, I do only have one, uh, and it would be the iPhone four because the transition yeah. from regular to Retina was just—I mm-hmm. want to say eye-opening, but it was like almost <laughs> eye-closing. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Anyway, no, it was it was as soon as I saw that, I was like, I want every screen to be. I, like I agree. This. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it's also it, it really set the bar for i mean we've not had higher density displays since really i mean within you know rounding errors but it yeah. really set the standard of like this is the the right pixel density for a really high quality screen yeah and i was upgrading from the original iphone so that was a massive upgrade yeah. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a really cool phone uh, one question, which Kai and I think is fun, that we didn't send you beforehand. Um, we want you to guess how many f- how many apps do you think you have on your phone? Oh, I never even delete them, so I don't know. <laughs> I can go look, right? I can go look at it. And yeah, see. we want you. We like, want this, to you will get the first, answer. Okay. First, we want to have a guess. I will say 180. All right. Okay. Is that is that a high guess? That, that seems very low? very low. I think I'm very in low. Okay. As you, I never delete the apps. I have like, I basically just. Have whatever okay. I had from the first. What is your number again, Martin? Mine is about, I think, eight hundred. Uh, Holy moly! Okay, maybe it's a lot more than I think. But... 
once you got the shelf that you could just throw everything on yeah. and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, so how how do I find out how many I have? Uh settings general about and then okay. applications. Settings general about applications 301 okay so yeah. <laughs> that was pretty far off yeah yeah but what i guessed i think i guessed that i had like 200 and I end up having no you guessed 80 <laughs> there was a uh, website uh that did like uh app reviews i think it was called 148 apps because at the time that was the the limit yeah and then <laughs> they, i guess they just had to rebrand because they were like yeah that's not a limit anymore <laughs> yeah um, yeah, but it's kind of so going off the sort of um, software and hardware topic. What's your favorite? And right food back item? to food. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What's your favorite food item. I I don't know if I could narrow it down to one item. I like <laughs> I like a lot of a lot of food. Um, what about my favorite food experience? Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. gonna work. Okay, yeah, we'll take it. That sounds like um, an interesting, more interesting story. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was at Alexander's Steakhouse in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we had Japanese A5 Wagyu. And mm-hmm. it was utterly life-changing. <laughs> it was <laughs> so good. I, It was the most ridiculously priced meal I've ever had. And ever will have, by the way. It was absolutely bananas expensive. Um, but yeah, I think about that meal a lot. It was so good. It was. I, I had a bellyache the whole night after. It was just like so rich and uh, just an amazing, an amazing meal. So if you're if you're at Alexander's and somebody else is paying, uh, yeah, get the Japanese A5 Wagyu. All right. All right. I don't know if I want that or if I'd rather. I mean, it kind of wrecks you, right? Yeah, that's like what I was saying. Once you've had good coffee, you can't yeah. go to Starbucks anymore, right? Yeah. And once you've had like a uh, good beer you like you know you don't yeah. want the swill anymore and so yeah. it's kind of like that except that i know that this is just so utterly ridiculously priced <laughs> that and it and it's like you know you just can't eat too much of it it's like way too much it's way too rich yeah. but it's just this experience that you know you do once or twice in your whole life and it's it's pretty awesome yeah, yeah that's a good thing with getting really snobby about coffee the worst thing that will happen is you pay, even if you go extremely snobby, you pay like 10 bucks for a coffee, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm more of the, like, when I'm in an area where I can't get a good cup of coffee, then I just get cranky because yeah. I don't want to pay for one that's subpar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the last question is not really a question. Uh, it's the two truths and a lie uh, section and we don't want you to we want you to not reveal the answer on the show uh, we want to leave people okay. in suspense so they can talk to you about it uh, at the conference okay. i did write this one down but only half of it so i need to think of the last thing to add yeah so give me a moment. Is, that's <laughs> totally fine <laughs> this is the one that pretty much everyone historically the hardest part of this recording <laughs> yeah uh I was like thinking about the apps and stuff during the, uh, uh, like early, you know, a couple hours ago and just like making some notes. And then I was like, oh, I got to do the two truths thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I, I mean, we have not had to answer this one, Kai, you and I, because we're always asking people this question. Mm. Uh, but I think I would struggle finding, I can find things that I can trick people into being a lie that they were like, ah, oh, that's that would that that's not true. But I can't come up with an actual good lie. 
Okay, and I'm now going to randomize them so you don't know which order they're in. Okay, because I said the last one. That was a dead giveaway. Okay, they are now randomized. I'm ready. All right. Okay. So two two truths and, truth and a lie. So are we just doing like A, B, and C? Is that the... Yeah. Yes. Okay. A, a is I have a titanium limb. Okay. Okay. B is I can juggle four balls at once. All right. And C is I live next door to a pro baseball player. Oh, <laughs> cool. All right. With that, where can f- people find you online? Uh, you can find me at uh, my, well, it's I call it a blog, but don't you have to post to a blog to call it that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at bensherman.com. Uh, there are links to, you know, lots of things there. Uh, so bensherman.com for that. Uh, I'm on Mastodon at bens at mastodon.xyz. And you can find the uh, NS Screencast at nsscreencast.com. Uh, the combined course at combinedswift.com. And I think that's it. Cool. And we'll have all the links in the show notes. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks. It was great chatting with y'all. Yeah. Yeah, you. likewise. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, for people who still haven't gotten their ticket, you can still find the link in the show notes and get your ticket to go to a conference. Uh, would love to meet as many of you as possible. Um, and until next time, we'll see everyone later. Yeah, I think that's uh, th- that's an outro. Yeah, that was, pre- <laughs> that was fairly smooth of an outro. <laughs> Do you think you'll go to WWDC this year? I will not because this week is the worst week. To They always schedule this week and it's like my wife's birthday is like on the, I think, Monday or Tuesday that week. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I've done it for years and years and years and it was always kind of a thing like tr- hoping that they would do it the week after and mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah, now they've basically, I think for the last like six or so, have been like the first week of June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's just, I mean, I could do it, but I don't want to, I don't want to miss her birthday. So yeah. <laughs> that's nice. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun. Mm. I, I really mm. like going and there's lots of people like friends and stuff that I haven't, I would only see there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we used to live in Australia for a while. And uh-huh. Australia is not really on the way anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but WWDC is always a nice, nice reason for people to come. It's a bit trickier now when it's only a day tra- yeah. traveling yeah. to uh, to WWDC from Australia. You know, it's a 20-hour door-to-door. I went to, door to door Australia school. for four days, which yeah. ended up being <laughs> only like two and, a, two and a half days, I guess. Yeah. What uh, what brought you to Australia for two? Days? I went to uh, the Yao conference. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And cool. uh, it just the timing wise, I couldn't take any extra time off of work, and mm-hmm. um, so anyway, yeah, yeah. I flew, I flew in, furiously worked to finish my talk in the hotel. <laughs> uh, had no idea what day it was. Did the talk <laughs> with, and the hilarious thing is, they took us out to a restaurant after the conference, and mm-hmm. we went to a Tex-Mex restaurant, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be really bad.